Hello, and thank you for joining us on the Stay Healthy Spokane podcast, aimed at helping you live an active, healthy, and enjoyable life in and around Spokane, Washington. Brought to you by Gordon Physical Therapy. And now, here's your host, Dr. Luke Gordon. Hey everybody, this is Luke Gordon. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of the Stay Healthy Spokane podcast. Today I have the pleasure of interviewing another guest here today. Um, his name is John Brumbaugh, and he is the owner of NutriShop on the South Hill here in Spokane, so NutriShop and Cryotherapy. And today we're talking about what is considered or what is referred to as whole body cryotherapy, which some of you may be familiar with, some of you may not be. And basically it's a cryotherapy chamber where you get into this big chamber and it's flooded with nitrogen gas and it's very cold. And depending on who you talk to, there are some definite benefits to it. And other people, if you Google it, of course, they'll say, well, it's a, it's a fad and it's this and it's that. So I wanted to sit down with John today and just talk to him about uh, what he knows about cryotherapy since he's running the business here in Spokane, uh, what he's seen with his patients and the potential health benefits. And we'll probably address the naysayers and things like that as we go along. So it should be interesting um, just to get his perspective on it. And, and for those of you who haven't tried it, you know, maybe it's something you want to consider although uh, it is November right now and it's been cold so far. So it might be a tough sale this time of year, but you never know. Uh, So John, thanks for joining me on the show. Thanks, Luke, for having me. Yeah. So I want to get into your history before we talk about cryotherapy, because you've got kind of an interesting background in terms of how you even came into the business in Spokane. So do you mind just giving us kind of your background, um, kind of your story? Sure. Yeah. I grew up in Pasco and I joined the Marine Corps in 1988 and went to California for boot camp. Spent 30 years in California as a police officer down there for four years, spent seven years in the Marine Corps. And I started a business in Huntington Beach that was basically a wellness center. And at that wellness center, I had eight doctors total on staff, four physical therapists, four chiropractors. One of my chiros was dual certified as an acupuncturist. We had 15 personal trainers. I personal trained myself for the entire time I owned the business, plus a total of almost 20 years. And that's actually where I got introduced to uh, cryotherapy. Cool. Now, it seems like in California in general, cryotherapy sounds like it's more popular or more common down there. Is that pretty accurate? Yeah, certainly. If you go down to Southern California, there's a cryotherapy sauna facility on certainly a couple in every one of the major uh, cities down there for sure. Yeah. And they're using it for the athletic crowd, people who are looking to improve recovery times, things like that. Yeah, that, that's a common modality for that. In addition to that, uh, you'll find them a lot in your uh, medispas as well. Um, everything for helping people improve sleep, uh, inflammation-related conditions. So it's things like psoriasis, eczema, et cetera. So uh, sounds like you were exposed to cryotherapy, got to see it firsthand in California. When did you move up here to Spokane? Yeah, we, there was actually a cryotherapy sauna right down the street from my wellness center. And a couple of my patients started to uh, go there. So I strained a calf pretty bad one day uh, running stairs. And I was pretty, uh, I was skeptical myself. I thought, well, you know, this cold gas, well, now I've got a real legit injury. Let me go check it out. And in my first session, the pain from my strained calf was absolutely definitely re- uh, reduced. And then my uh, partner did a lot of work with the NFL. I went to the combine every year, the NBA quite a bit. We had a lot of uh, Olympic athletes in our facility, beach volleyball guys and gals. I think all of them came to us, April Ross, et cetera, and they all used cryotherapy. So I started to be- become less skeptical about it and more of a believer. And I started doing it on a uh, pretty regular basis. And it absolutely helped with my uh, athletic recovery. When I owned my gym, I trained hard, really hard. And uh, being in my late 40s, 
90s at the time, it certainly reduced the amount of time between my workouts for me to feel like it was I was ready for another workout. When did you come up here? Uh, my folks live up here. They lived in Washington State since since I was about in third or fourth grade. And my business is down south. We're doing pretty well. And I got kids. I thought, you know what? Let me move back up by mom and dad and get the kids around the grandkids more. So I started looking at different businesses to do, decided to do a nutri shop and thought, you know, this cryotherapy stuff is really legit. And there's a lot of outdoor athletes in Spokane. So two years ago, August, moved up here, opened the business December 1st of 2017. And uh, here I am now. Cool. So you came up here about two years ago. And after it sounds like having a good experience yourself with cryotherapy and seeing the benefits down in California, did you think there was just kind of an untapped market here in Spokane? Like you mentioned the outdoor athletes? Yeah, there was that. And I also uh, just noticed how your really high level athletes were jumping on the bandwagon with this. I know that the Nike project in Oregon has had a cryotherapy sauna for their long distance runners since 2010. If you go online and just go to uh, YouTube and punch in NFL or NBA cryotherapy, they're all over the place. As far as I know, all of your major athletic teams all have one. That made me a lot more of a believer because those folks obviously are into maximizing their benefits no matter what they're doing. If they can become better athletes, they're going to do it. So I felt like Spokane was a good place because of all the uh, Spartan racers up here, all the marathons up here, all the triathletes and triathlons up here. So that's why I decided to bring the cryotherapy sauna up here to Spokane. And I always, um, when I talk to people, I always feel like Spokane is a little bit behind the times with some of these things. And I say, well, it's doing really well in Seattle. It's like, okay, well, in five years, it might do well here. Is that kind of what you found with the cryotherapy? Is this a little bit slow to to gain popularity up here? Yeah. I assume that'd be a bit of an obstacle just because it's a bit slower paced. You know, I mean, Southern California is kind of the epicenter for a lot of things and it works its way out from there. And there's a couple of pretty successful cryotherapy saunas over there in Seattle. I knew that Spokane would be a bit of an uphill drag, but we do have a pretty fair amount of our athletes up here that once they come in there and they do five, six, seven sessions in conjunction with our Normatex, our compression therapy boots, which are basically a deep tissue massage done with pneumatics, the one-two punch of the cryotherapy and Normatex is a very, very legit therapy for athletic uh, recovery. And then um, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but uh, you mentioned various uses for autoimmune conditions, you know, inflammatory conditions and stuff like that. So even for those people listening who aren't athletes, which is most of us, <laughs> um, should be some interesting uh, positive effects to talk about. Um, before we get into that, would you mind just going over the history of cryotherapy a little bit, just for just to give us more of a background on where it started, who started using it, what they were doing with it, things like that? Yeah, well, cryotherapy is really nothing more than cold therapy. So as far as the history goes back, it goes back to about 2500 BC or so when the Egyptians used cold to treat injuries and inflammation like we would do today, you know, for a strained muscle or a sprained ankle. In modern times, the cryotherapy sauna goes back to the mid-70s when a Japanese doctor named uh, Yamauchi used it to start exploring treating rheumatoid arthritis with the therapy. Yeah. And that's what I've heard before too, is, uh, which again is interesting to me because I have rheumatoid arthritis is that that's basically who they designed it for back in, in Japan. And then, uh, like you said, modern day, we're not using water, we're using nitrogen gas, correct? Yep. What do you think about the use of gas versus, you know, traditionally we're just saying, well, there's some cold water. This is the, the easy, cheap way to do it. So, you know, there's a stream that's real cold. What do you think the benefit of using the nitrogen gas is? 
Well, there's two things going on is the cold water absolutely does work. I mean, many people now are followers of Wim Hof and look at cold therapy on YouTube and stuff. And there's no doubt that there's some benefits from that. The big differential between the gas and the water is the fact that the water creates a very long lasting vasoconstriction. So shrinking of the blood vessels, which is good for helping reduce the overall inflammation. The problem is, is the water cools your extremities for quite some time, as opposed to the gas. The gas is a completely different way it goes through it. The gas tricks your body into going into what's essentially a prehypothermia mode. So when you're in, you're in the sauna, you're standing there, we raise you up, we turn the gas on and your, your mind knows, look, I'm totally safe. John or Joey's right here, but your brain freaks out and your brain freaks out because of the cold gas. What it does is it prepares your body to protect itself from hypothermia. And what it does is it redirects blood from your arms and your legs into your core to protect your core organs from hypothermia. When that happens, that blood goes to your core and is short looped through your natural filtration system. And then of course, lactic acid, amino acid waste, and inflammation causing compounds are naturally metabolized. You step out of the unit as soon as your body senses that warm air, well, now all that fresh red blood rushes back out to your extremities. So it takes just a few minutes is all. Or an ice bath or very cold water cools those extremities so deep that it takes a very long time for the vasodilation to occur. And of course, it's the actual the vasodilation that actually creates the pathway for the increased blood flow and the resulting healing that takes place from that. Yeah, that's interesting because I didn't, I, I've talked to people about it before in the past. Said, well, how does this stuff work? I mean, cryotherapy, um, you know, a lot of people will swear by it if they've tried it and they'll say, well, what exactly is happening? You say, well, you know, we're not quite sure, uh, but we know your body's really freaked out by this cold gas. And like you said, even though it's just your skin, you know, it's just your skin receptors. So your, your core temperature actually isn't dropping the way it would with water, right? Yeah, correct. Because if you go in that cold of water, your core temperature drops really quickly because water water will suck heat from you. Whereas the gas, nitrogen is, is a dry gas. You know, it's not a humid gas. Um, so basically, like you said, your your skin receptors are are telling whatever reflexes in your brain, like, hey, something big is going on here. Like send all the blood to the inside because if we lose this much heat, we're going to die. It's kind of like a fight or flight type thing. and um, But I've never heard it explained that way where when your blood is pushed to your core, you're able to go through all of the organs, like you said, filter out some of the, um, the stuff that needs to be filtered out, like the lactic acid, process some of the inflammatory components. And then like you said, once you get out of the chamber, which you're typically in there about three minutes or so, right? Yeah. Three minutes is a maximum. We put, generally everybody goes through the beginner session first just to make sure that you can handle it. And by handle it, uh, most, well, 95% of our customers are surprised of how uncomfortable the machine is not. In other words, they expect it to feel a lot worse than it does because the temperatures are so extreme. You see the back of the machine, it'll say on our maximum settings, 321 degrees below zero. But as you touched on, nitrogen is technically a bone dry gas. So it's actually what's inside of all your high-end binoculars and spotting scopes and stuff because it has absolutely no moisture at all. Well, the complete lack of moisture prevents the gas from uh, transferring very much of the cold to your skin. So your skin feels the cold, but it doesn't frostbite you or cause the injuries that 
like uh, nitrous oxide or some other very, very cold gas would create if it touched your skin. And like you said, since it's not actually sucking that much heat out of you, you come out of the chamber and you're able to get that blood back to your extremities rather quickly. Yeah, we take uh, on several of our customers, we'll take, we have a little laser gun in there where we'll shine the little laser on your skin. And typically, if you go in the machine at your skin temperature being somewhere around 80 some degrees, when you come out, your skin temperature is low to mid 50s. So it's not that much colder. It definitely cools the skin down for sure. But it's not like if you stepped out of an ice bath, your skin temperature would be whatever temperature the uh, ice bath is at, which is typically in your mid 30s to high 30s. Yeah, exactly. So you're able to recover much quicker. I would think the other one of the main benefits from cryotherapy versus uh, freezing cold waters is just more convenient too. It's much more convenient. And really the one of the biggest differences is how just arduous and painful and uncomfortable ice baths are. Anyone who's ever got into a true ice bath up to your mid chest or your or your neck, they are really, really, really uncomfortable. And again, they cool your body's core temperature. Uh, I know a lot of athletes that have to go snuggle into blankets for half an hour just to get their core temperature back up so they stop shivering. Where with the cryotherapy, once you step out of the machine, yeah, you're you're cold, but within 60 to 90 seconds, uh, your skin's back to normal temperature and you don't feel any of the cold anymore at all. And again, similar similar benefit is the cold water, uh, just not nearly as uncomfortable. And for me to do like cryo on my own, like say in the in the creek, which I was telling you I did this with some friends yeah. <laughs> a few days ago, it's kind of a big process, yeah. you know? Like for me, got to get my swim trunks on and then I have to get really warm to convince myself to jump into a creek, which we did <laughs> and it was great. Um, but it's a process. And then of course you're wet. So you got to pack your clothes and your towel. Um, and so, I mean, if you got a couple hours on the weekend, you know, and you're just looking for something fun to do, maybe you might consider that. But let's say I want to go in uh, before work or, you know, in the middle of my day, I can essentially just walk into my clothes, you know, get into the gown and just do a treatment just like that. Yeah. We, we provide everything that you need. Um, men must wear underwear into our chamber. But other than that, so you bring your own underwear. But other than that, we supply the socks, shoes, and gloves. Women, uh, Sports bra or underwear are optional. And we supply them, of course, with socks, shoes, and gloves too. You're in there and out of there in five minutes. Awesome. So we talk about the uh, the positive effects on, you know, kind of on that systemic level where you're pushing the blood back to the organs, basically filtering it, bringing it back to, you know, better quality. And then it's going to rush back out into your, into your arteries and, and blood vessels and things like that. So when it comes to the benefits, this is the tricky part for me, although I think you'll probably have a decent answer. Obviously, like the athletes are using it frequently because they're athletes, they're getting paid millions of dollars and they've got the equipment, so you might as well. If say someone coming off the street like me and I've got some chronic aches and pains, arthritis, uh, myalgias, fibromyalgias, kind of the common list of things you see in Spokane, chronic fatigue type pain. Um, if I come to you, do you have a typical recommendation in terms of how often they should do cryotherapy or or how often, you know, what's the benefit going to, how long is it going to last, things like that? Yeah. Well, we tell most folks, of course, we put you through a quick interview process first. If you're an athlete, we generally say, look, you ought to be in here at least once or twice a week. The more you do this, there's really no maximum number. In California, my wellness center, we had some mixed martial arts guys down there that did cryotherapy twice a, twice a day 
uh, five or six days a week. So as long as your skin's warmed back up before you go back into sauna again, there's really technically no maximum numbers that you can or can't do. Now, of course, at some point it becomes diminishing returns, but um, budget, if you, if you have the budget for it, then every day would be better than every other day. That being said, with your typical inflammation type conditions, things like arthritis. So the average customer comes in, comes in and says, look, I have arthritis, I have fibromyalgia, I have eczema. We tell them, look, here's the deal. Buy a book of 10, come in three days a week on that book of 10. At the end of that book of 10, let's talk to you and see how you feel. If you're feeling better, then okay, let's talk about how we can budget this. Maybe we'll cut you down to twice a week, try that for a bit, cut you down to once a week. You'll find kind of your sweet spot of how often you need um, to, to come in. But like most other types of modalities, you need to kind of jump in with both feet, give the modality a chance to work, figure out if it does or does not work for you. And then at that point, then figure out how to budget it. That makes sense. Um, I think all of us are different in terms of what we have going on with our bodies too and and what your what your body is going to respond to and things like that. Yeah, there's no doubt. We have a gal that comes over from North Idaho who has uh, eczema pretty bad. And when her eczema flares up, she'll show up at the shop. She'll buy anywhere from a book of five to 10. She'll come in three, four days a week and then she disappears. And then she sometimes we don't see her again for a month. And sometimes we don't see her again for three months. But when her eczema flares back up, she's back in the shop. Well, that makes sense to me because that's essentially the same way we would explain um, a course of physical therapy. You know, this is how you feel when you come in and you'd like to feel this much better. You know, here's what I want you to do to give yourself the best shot at a full recovery. And then after that, you figure out what you need to do to maintain it. Or in this um, this woman's case, you know, she's just using it as a burst when she can because it's not convenient probably for her to travel here, you know, so often. Um, so it's a difference between if you're in the treatment phase or the maintenance phase. And then, of course, what your goals are, because if you are a Spartan athlete, which for those people listening who don't know what those are, those are the obstacle course racers, um, which is, yeah, a, a very popular uh, fast growing sport right now. Amazingly popular up here. And yeah, as you, as you touched on, it's basically a mixture of, uh, obstacles and cross country running is basically what Spartan racing is. And we have some very, very high ranked Spartan racers up here in the uh, Pacific Northwest. In fact, my shop sponsors, Alyssa Hawley, who's one of the top five females in the world. She comes in the shop anywhere from yeah, twice a week is probably her average to get in there. And she does the cryotherapy and number text back to back. Yeah. It's an interesting sport. You mentioned Wim, Wim Hof earlier, who's kind of the, I guess the, the godfather of, um, ice cold water. They call him the ice man. And, um, yeah, just fascinating. I read a book about him. And then in the book, the author who, who kind of went on a journey with Wim Hof and did all the Wim Hof things to see how it would affect his, his body. He talks a lot about the obstacle course racing and Spartan is a big brand name. And then there's a bunch of other ones. And one of them they did was just like extreme exposure to the elements too. I mean, they're going through freezing cold water and mud and they're just torturing themselves, but um, they seem to enjoy it. Yeah, there seems to be... Um there's something to it. You know, the, you just, you can't trick yourself into thinking, boy, I feel a lot better every single time that you do this. There's something to it. And it works for a lot of people. Uh, again, you go online and Google it and read about it. You'll see a lot of people who are absolute firm believers in it. And a lot of those folks are professional athletes who can tell 
if their recovery is boosted slightly or their performance is boosted slightly, they, they can tell because they're at that elite, you know, cutting edge level. I actually, um, I was Googling it a little bit earlier today before you got here and just seeing, hey, what's the what's the mainstream talking about with cryotherapy <laughs> these days, uh, just to see what it's like. And um, of course it mentions, oh, well, here's this the short list of celebrities, you know, and they mentioned like Justin Timberlake and some other people. Um, I don't know why Justin Timberlake is using it, but maybe he likes to work out and talking about pro athletes. And then of course, in, in my line of work, uh, everything comes back to, well, what's the research saying about cryotherapy these days? And essentially what I read online was, well, there's not enough research to justify it and it doesn't work. Um, you know, you should be kind of skeptical of it, but at the same time, all these people are using it and saying it works. So, you know, that, that kind of leaves you leaves you hanging a little bit. Yeah. I, I, I don't like to say that there's a placebo effect, but maybe there is. Um, the bottom line is, is if you're doing so, – just because modern day science can't really put their finger on exactly what's going on doesn't mean that it doesn't make you feel better, make you sleep better, um, reduce your, your inflammation, your pain between workouts – just because we haven't figured out how to put a put a label on that yet doesn't doesn't take away from the fact that a lot of people swear by it and get a lot out of it. No, I totally agree, and I think um, a lot of people use that the you know what's the research almost as like a crutch for a reason not to try it. I think you know people people do this all the time in my world. You know, you say well, and I'll try to make you know a, a gentle suggestion that you might want to try this to see if you feel better. And it might be something like, you might just want to try removing gluten from your diet. Say, well, well, Luke, show me the research. And I say, well, there's research out there, but here's the, here's the deal. The research doesn't matter. You're, you're an individual. And if you try it for 30 days or 60 days, or like you said, you try cryotherapy for a 10 pack and it works for you, all the research in the world just went out the window because it works for you. Yeah, and also how many times have you seen research reversed on itself? You know, we also deal with sports nutrition and the RDA uh, not that long ago recommended that the average man ingest somewhere around 60 grams of protein a day. And that's, in our opinion, a ridiculously low level of protein intake. There, there's that side of it too. And I've been in this, in this industry for a long time and I've seen the, I've seen the recommendations like on vitamin C, for example, um, contradict themselves Oh boy, at least a half a dozen times. So there's that. I'll tell you a really quick story. At the first PT clinic I ever worked at, there was a physical therapist there, of course, who I was pretty good friends with. And I'd happened to read the paper that day uh, before him. And I thought it was kind of funny. This is the LA Times. I was working in Long Beach at the time. And on one side of the paper, it talked about how uh, coffee um, was ter- was bad for you. And it gave a bunch of reasons why it was bad for you. And I swear to you, on the exact other side of the paper, there was an article talking about how coffee made you live longer. So the PT walked up to me, showed me that one side of the paper because I had a big cup of coffee in my hand. And I said, hey, Mike, turn the page over. And there was that article about how coffee made you live longer. And he just threw up his hands and walked away. So, <laughs> so there's that too. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually just thinking of coffee when you mentioned that. Um, with things being reversed. Because I feel like every year they just kind of flip-flops on coffee. <laughs> yeah, it's good for you. No, it's not good for you. Yeah. It's like, well, okay. Well, uh, maybe it's just something you maybe use a little bit of common sense with and, you know. Yeah, yeah not to be a conspiracy theorist, but in nowadays, or not, nowadays too, there are conflicting research at times based upon a particular industry's desire to sell you something. 
So we've seen uh, pharmaceuticals come out against, for example, CBD, and I'm not advocating CBD. I'm just using an example where sometimes the research can be jaded just based upon who it is who's actually printing and writing the research or funded the research as well. Yeah. And I don't think you're being a conspiracy theorist. I think you're just being a realist and you say, well, look, uh, capitalism is a great thing in our country, but it has its downside. And that's where it comes into play that you need to be an informed consumer and say, well, you know, is this really good research or is this someone trying to sell you something differently? And when you look at anything, I think in the natural health world where you're not talking about like a controlled substance uh, that can be made in a lab, which is where the pharmaceuticals make their billions of dollars a year, they really don't want you to to do it. Because if, if you or me, if we feel better with cryotherapy or with certain types of diets or things like that, essentially we're taking ourselves out of the market for really expensive pharmaceuticals. I mean, you could even, you could even argue that the folks that I read online who were, it was like the Chicago Institute or something like that or something like that, you could even say, well, they might be on the payroll of a pharmaceutical saying, well, anything that comes along that's alternative that could possibly affect our bottom line, we just want you to refute it. You know, just put it out there. I mean, again, maybe people think I'm a little crazy, and that's okay, because I am a little bit crazy. Well, but... look at the tobacco, look at the t- uh, tobacco industry 30, 40 years ago when they hired doctors to, you know, do ads on how great smoking was for you. Yeah, yeah. There's actually a really good movie about that. Um, did you ever see that one? Thank you for smoking. I have not. No. Oh, it's a good movie, and it was about the lobbyists, and the main character is the tobacco lobbyist, and then his friends are the firearms lobbyists and the uh, alcohol lobbyists, and uh, they highlight how they have this research doctor who, for the last forty years, has been able to prove that you know the tobacco smoke he's been subjecting the mice to is inconclusive in terms of it growing uh, tumors and things like that but effectively the tobacco industry did that for a good 40 years running they did indeed um you know yep. and then of course after that we're like whoa well yeah and now my day and age you know growing up it's like well i've always it wasn't always obvious that can't you know uh cigarettes cause cancer it's like well no it wasn't actually there were a, there was a time when cigarettes were not only uh innocuous but they were good for you right you know Yep. Um, so yeah, everything, everything has its cycle. But again, going back to people being informed consumers, I think that's huge. And then of course, uh, when you're looking at something natural like cryotherapy, which as far as I can tell, doesn't really have any specific, um, you know, consequences or adverse reactions, which I'll ask you here in just a second. But I think it just comes down to, um, was it safe for you to try it and did it work for you? Yeah. That's all you really need to know. I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, give it a shot. And if it works for you, continue it. And if you don't really think you got much out of it, then discontinue it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or keep looking for the magic uh, solution, right? Yep. Um, awesome. So speaking of that then, um, there's probably a couple people who should use caution when they're talking about exposing themselves to cryotherapy. Do you want to just touch on that uh, just for the listeners? Sure. Yeah. The, the, the contraindications, in other words, folks who really shouldn't do cryotherapy, if you have heart or blood pe- pressure issues – very high or very low blood pressure, that would be an issue because the vasodilation and the vasoconstriction, the relaxing and the tightening and shrinking of blood vessels is profound enough where it will affect your blood pressure slightly. So if you're in that kind of dangerous zone to begin with, it could make you a bit lightheaded. Uh, Of course, we don't want that inside the machine. Pregnancy, of course, and uh, extreme sensitivity to cold like Raynaud's. Now, that being said, my girlfriend has Raynaud's and she does cryotherapy on a regular basis. But if you have uh, Raynaud's disease, you should look into it a little bit more before you get in, get in the machine. Uh, we cover your hands and feet, so most folks have no issues. But those are your big ones. 
And if you have any other medical condition you think might be an issue, of course, consult your doctor and or uh, hop on the internet and take a peek at that too. You know, Raynaud's is an interesting one because I feel like it's it's fairly common up here. Um, one of our PTs is a runner and I said, you know, when you run and she runs marathons, I said, how do you how do your hands feel? She says, oh, they're horrible. Like my hands are freezing and she's wearing gloves. And so um, definitely some vascular issues because at that point, you got to think her core temperature is really high and her blood is pumping. It should be pumping everywhere as far as I can tell. And yet, you know, you've got two or three fingers that are like dead. Yeah. Yeah. My girlfriend is from Southern California and did not know she had Raynaud's until she moved to Spokane. But her hands and her feet are cold to the touch, no matter what she's doing. She used the uh, cold hands, warm heart uh, thing with you. <laughs> That's right. So my wife tells me she has Raynaud's too. <laughs> yeah. um, I was curious too. I mean, with Raynaud's, I, I could almost see you, you know, saying, well, hey, if it's really that bad and you want the systemic benefit of cryotherapy, because that's what we're talking about is a systemic benefit of your entire system. Um, you know, here's some mittens with it, some hand warmers. I mean, that would be feasible, wouldn't it, inside the chamber? Yeah, well, we, we have really thick winter gloves anyway. So she's been in the machine numerous times, and she's never had the machine trigger any, any of her Raynaud's. Um, really what her problem is is she likes to dress in fashionable clothes, so she'll wear a pair of open-toed shoes when it's 35 degrees out. That will trigger her Raynaud's. Okay, so we've covered kind of the basics, um, and I think we've gone over quite a few of the medical indications. Um, yeah, do you want to touch on a little bit um, any medical conditions we missed? And then just in general, uh, if someone wants to come in for their first time, what can they expect to feel like when they're when they're uh, you know doing the cryotherapy? Yeah, what we tell everyone is. What cryotherapy really feels like, here's kind of the best analogy. Imagine taking off all your clothes, stepping out on your back porch in the middle of the winter with the wind blowing for three minutes. That's really what it feels like. Cold, whipping air surrounding your body. Cold, not brutal, but cold. And in three minutes, it's done. Which I actually did cryotherapy a few years ago. Um, and it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. It's never as bad. I've had several thousand people through my machine. And in all honesty, I can only say one person really looked miserable in the machine. Other than that, uh, the overwhelming comments are, wow, that's not as bad as I thought it was. Yeah. Uh, jumping in the creek last weekend was much, much worse. Was much worse. <laughs> much and worse I, for sure. Yeah. You know, in about five seconds, I was scrambling up the bank um, <laughs> and my legs were barely moving anymore. <laughs> yep. More of a rush, I guess. Um now, with someone who says, well, gosh, yeah, that sounds fine, you know, Luke and John, uh, but at the same time, I really don't like cold. Can you start the machine like at a lower setting for someone who's a little bit more nervous about it? Yeah, we have a beginner setting. Um, it's two and a half minutes long of cold. So here, here's kind of the whole process. I should have touched on this earlier, but our machine is the only machine that I know of in Washington State that combines vasodilation and vasoconstriction. What that means is when you first turn our machine on, most of our settings start with warm air first. So you get about 120 seconds or two minutes worth of air. That's 160 degrees, about the same temperature as a blow dryer. What that's designed to do is cause some vasodilation. Uh, warms your skin, brings some blood to the, to the surface of your skin. So when the cold air kicks in, it's a more pronounced 
uh, cryotherapy. It's more complete. It's more efficient. Not saying that the cold-only machines don't work because they do, but adding heat to it is one more layer. So after the heat is on for about a minute and 20 seconds, then the pre-cool starts. That's usually about 40 or 50 seconds of the uh, cold air starting to introduce itself into the chamber. It's it's a it's a relatively rapid cool down, not dramatic, but pretty rapid. And in about a minute and a half, you're down to about 200 degrees uh, below zero. And it lasts at that for two and a half minutes. At the end of that two and a half minutes on the beginner setting, the machine shuts itself off. We open the door, you step out, we step out of the room, um, you get dressed and come out, have a seat in the chairs, and we put you in the compression therapy, the uh, Normatech boots. Cool. Yeah, that sounds kind of like an easier way to start. Um, which am I correct in assuming that if you start with that, which is a, a nice way to do it, you know, kind of a gentle way to do it, ultimately is the goal that you want more of the extreme turnaround, you want the cold air faster, essentially? Yeah, to get a better effect. Yep. We have one setting that's our intense setting. It introduces no heat whatsoever into the chamber, and it just opens up all the cold air solenoids all at once, and it blasts you with uh, cold air. It'll get down to 300 degrees below zero in 15 or 20 seconds, and that's really the most intense setting that we have. Then it stays there for a total of three minutes. Yeah, so on warm days, we recommend you do that one because you're already going to, if it's 75 or 80 or 85 degrees out, you're already vasodilated. Come in, hop in the machine, hit you with that. It's a great setting. You'll, you will definitely feel that vasodilation and, and constriction going on and then hop out, hop in the boots and you're out of there. Yeah. So in California, that was probably most of the year. And then in Spokane, you know, that's like a month out of the year where you get the warm air first, right? Yeah. Well, what's <laughs> funny about coming in 80 degrees. Every single one of the machines in California I was in were all cold only. I actually uh, learned about this machine from, it's, uh, from Cryo USA is the machine, the maker. It's called the CryoSense. And as I mentioned, it's the only one I know of that does heat and cold first. So I actually flew to Dallas, Texas. Uh, just to check the machine out and give it a, a try. And after I did the machine and realized, wow, this this heating first is really a added benefit to this, that's the machine I ended up purchasing. Yeah, that's interesting. When you told me about that, I had never heard of that. But it made good sense, you know, to um, to bring the blood to the surface and then apply the cold and to get that turnaround. The other thing that I did, the one and only time that I tried cryotherapy a few years back was that I did um, I did two sessions in a row. So basically I did three minutes in the chamber. I think it went down to like negative 240. And then um, like you were saying, you got like a little laser temperature reader. Once my skin got back up to, I think like 80, 85 degrees, they stuffed me in there again. Is that how you recommend people start it if they can handle it is do two sessions on the first day or do you think one is good enough? Yeah, one's good enough, but you, what it really honestly boils down to is budget. If you can afford to do, if you've got a, a condition that you want to get treated for and you're willing to you know, spend a bit of money, and see if, if we can help you out. Then doing two of them back to back, we have a couple of customers that do it. And as long as you can afford it, it's a better than it's better than doing one for sure. Well, and actually, since we're talking budget, is there is there a typical price range, or do you want to save that for an individual phone call if someone's interested? No, I tell them no. We if you shop around at all, we have the least expensive cryotherapy sauna in Spokane, and we honestly have the best one. The other two are good. They are. They're both good machines. But neither of them do the heat and the cold. And as I mentioned, we're less expensive too. We're also the only ones that have the Normatech compression boots. If you don't know what Normatechs are, simply go to YouTube. It's Norma, like a, the first name Norma and then Tech, T-E-C. And you'll see they're super popular amongst all your endurance-based athletes, NFL teams, NBA teams. We combine 
or Normatec with our cryotherapy, the one-two punch. A single session is 37 bucks. A book of five is $35 each for a total cost of $175. And a book of 10 is $33 each for a total cost of $330. I think hopefully for a lot of people, that's reasonable at least to give it a try and see the benefits. Okay, good. So um, we've covered a lot of information. Um, was there anything else we missed on... Uh, the medical conditions. We've talked about autoimmune things uh, with rheumatoid arthritis kind of being where it got its start. Um, I think what comes to mind for me, chronic pain, chronic fatigue. You mentioned psoriasis. Um, Obviously, the athletic crowd who's looking to improve their recovery time and their performance. Anything else big that you think we missed for uh, health categories? No, what you'll find some places do is they advertise it as a weight loss modality. And it does burn a few hundred to several hundred calories. We don't like to really advertise it as that because we feel that our nutritional counseling in there is a far superior uh, weight loss strategy than relying upon the cryotherapy. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I was kind of, I was forgetting about that, the weight loss. And um, that's an interesting one. I think when you think of weight loss and cold exposure, in general, you're going to burn more calories just because you're going to shiver and your muscles are going to twitch and that's going to burn calories. But maybe not your first choice for weight loss is what you're saying. No, no. That's why you don't see it's advertised as that. And actually go back to that Wim Hof book. Um, the, the thing they talked about with the with weight loss, with exposure to the cold water, was that ultimately your body starts to figure out that it's going to have to start metabolizing its own heat more so than usual. And so people would potentially lose weight like in the colder seasons and the colder climates, which may be a little bit counterintuitive. You think maybe you want to store on the fat because it's cold, but actually... Um, they were looking at these different like MRI scans and they were differentiating between white fat and brown fat. It was really fascinating. So they're saying, well, with prolonged exposure to cold, and again, these guys are getting really cold for long periods of time, like extremely cold ice baths, like you mentioned, five, 10, 20 minutes at a time, which is unfathomable to me after my five second plunge into the creek this weekend. Um, But they're saying, actually, these guys will start to build brown fat And the sole function of brown fat is to burn white fat, our typical adipose tissue we carry around on our bodies, just to produce heat. But again, maybe not your first choice for- Not not your first choice for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, like you said, throw in some nutritional counseling and uh, some sustainable things that improve the overall health of you anyways. Yeah, exactly. Eat good and exercise. There you go. Don't overthink it, right? Yep. Keep it simple, stupid. Agreed. I didn't say that, but someone did. (laughs) All right, good. Well, before we get on to uh, our wrap-up questions here, is there anything else that I missed on cryotherapy that you want people to know about? No, I think you covered it uh, very thoroughly. Well, let's get to our fun questions then. I like to to just uh, finish up with some personal ones. Um, Number one, do you have a favorite book or a good book that you could recommend that you've read recently? Well, I'm a I'm a pretty devout World War II and civil history buff. I just finished a good book about uh, the Confederate General Robert E. Lee and his high command went into details about all of his top generals and where they came from and how they rose to their ranks and whether or not they exceeded the rank that they should have exceeded, um, how good they were. And it was, it was, if you're a civil war history guy, it was a very good, uh, uh, book on that. Good deal. My dad loves the, uh, history books. I can do historical fiction quite well, but I haven't ever gotten into history books, but, um, he loves that stuff. I'll have to let him know. Um, he was actually reading about the history of calculus the other day when I was up at their house. And he's like, it's a great book. And I was like, wow, 
He's a <laughs> special guy. <laughs> but yeah, he said it was good. He also taught calculus back in the day on the side when my brother and I were kids. So, you know, he's got his own interests. Um, good. Do you have a favorite food uh, up here locally or a favorite restaurant? I don't have a favorite food, but my girlfriend and I really like really like Republic Pie on the South Hill. We like Wild Sage downtown, and we really like uh, Italia Trattoria in the Browns edition for both breakfast and Good deal. Dinner. Is that last one, is that down by um, – God, what's the other place in Browns edition? The the Elk. Is that down by the Elk? It is, right across the street. Right there on that roundabout area? Yep, yep. Awesome. Yeah, if you haven't had their baked eggs in the morning, you need to go check it out. They have a fantastic breakfast, and their, and their nighttime well, – their nighttime, their dinner – their dinners are also very eclectic and fantastic. The food there is really good. And coming from Cal- Southern California, both of us are a bit food snobbish, to be honest. <laughs> and uh, if, they can, if a restaurant in Spokane can pass our test, I think you'll like it. Good deal. Baked eggs, huh? Yep. They bake them in a, uh, in a marinara sauce. Oh, okay. No, they're fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So it's the Italian spin on breakfast eggs. Good deal. Yep. Awesome. Uh, favorite things, favorite activities around the Spokane area? Well, I like the outdoors a lot. So I hunt during hunting season. I like to fish. I like to shoot, hike. My girlfriend and I have a uh, enormous Great Dane. We take out for walks a lot. And basically, if the weather's decent, just being outside. You know, all, all the different parks around here. The South Hill's nice to go out for walks on. My favorite time of year appears when we have a decent fall, nice, cool, crisp mornings, and then it gets to be, you know, 50, 60, 70 degrees in the, in the daytime, and there's no smog or some of the stuff I dealt with in California, just really crisp, nice mountain air. It's nice to be out in that. Yeah, I think we skipped that this year. We sure did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, like today, it's like, you know, crisp morning, like you said, and then about a high of like 48. Yeah. But yeah, we've had those years, and this just wasn't our year this year. Well, we got lucky, though, where there was no uh, smoke this summer hardly at all. That's true. That's I'll good. take that. I'll take that. I, you know, now that you say that, that's good perspective. Um, cause I was really fretting about that. This oh, it was a bummer. Last two years were terrible. Yeah. And I was thinking, well, gosh, I'm actually taking off some time in, in August for once. And I'm probably gonna be sitting in inside with the filtered air. Right. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, next question, anything in our area that you've been really wanting to do, but haven't quite gotten around to it yet? Yeah. Whitewater rafting for sure. Cool. Any particular spot like Clark Fork or just whatever comes your way? You know what? I know so little about it. I don't even know know where to go, but I do know I want to go. Okay. <laughs> well, step one is accomplished, right? Yep. You've decided you want to go. Okay. Good deal. Um, last up, uh, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you if they want to learn more about cryotherapy or I know um, you know, your main business is NutriShop and you mentioned the nutritional counseling. What's a good way for folks to get in touch with you? Yeah, well, I told you I'd have a special offer for your listeners. So here's the deal. So if you go to Spokane NutriShop and cryotherapy.com, either on Google or on Facebook or on Instagram, if you call us, we'll give any of your listeners their first time session of cryotherapy for free. Uh, our phone number is 509 413-1601, or like I said, Spokane Nutrishop and Cryotherapy. Call us, email us, send us a private message on Facebook or Instagram. We'll get your name. We'll book the uh, session for you. Um, get a free cryotherapy session, free Normatex. And if you want to talk about any weight loss or muscle gain or athletic counseling is all, all of our counseling services are always free. And we also have a really cool body fat testing machine called an InBody 270. It gives a full body reading of muscle weight, water weight, fat weight, BMI, BMR, the whole deal. 
We use that to help figure out uh, the proper nutritional balances for folks as far as protein, fats, and carbs. And uh, there you go. Awesome. And for those folks listening, um, I will put those URLs and all the links in the show notes. So I'll put the website URL, the Spokane Nutri Shop and cryotherapy.com. Um, so you don't have to necessarily jot it down, although you can, but I'll link to his Facebook page, any of his other social media, um, handles, I guess is what we call them nowadays. And then, uh, obviously the phone number, if you Google them, give them a call. So great way for folks to get started. I think, um, maybe for some, just that first session is what's, uh, scary for them, you know, so just, you know, a good way to start. Say, Hey, just come on in for free. Just try it out. See what you think. I promise that it's not near as arduous as you think it is. Yeah. And if it is, it's a good social media post. You know, you can tell your friends. Yeah. We take pictures. If you want them, we ask everybody if you like a picture and the picture will show your face and in the background will show the temperature gauge. So it makes a really great photograph on Facebook or Instagram to have a big smiling face and a gauge in the background that says minus 280 or 300 degrees. See, look how cool I am. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you have all sorts of cool jokes, don't you? A couple, yeah. But yeah. I'll, I'll save that when your folks come in the same way. Okay, sounds good. Awesome. Well, John, thank you so much for joining me on the show. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking about cryotherapy. And um, obviously, everyone listening, thank you for tuning into the show. Hopefully, this was interesting. Um, I think it's just one of those kind of cool, off-the-beaten-path things that you can do uh, for natural health. And I uh, just wanted to kind of clear up a few of the details. So thanks for listening uh, to the Stay Healthy Spokane podcast. Be back again in a month or so um, with some more information for you. So everyone... Um, Enjoy your time in Spokane and uh, stay active even though it's getting cold out here. Talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to the Stay Healthy Spokane podcast, sponsored by Gordon Physical Therapy. To stay connected with the Stay Healthy Spokane community, visit www.stayhealthyspokane.com. And we will see you next time on the Stay Healthy Spokane podcast. This has been a Humble Pod production. Stay humble.